Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Oh dear, oh dear, oh my. If you just listened to the three-part episode with Tom Campbell, I had completely forgot that David Lombert's Senapass was after him, and it is a double whammy, one-two punch of podcasts. So if you haven't listened to Tom Campbell yet, you should do that. And in this one, we have Native American elder, mathematician, scientist, David Lombert Senapass of the Mi'kmaq on the podcast. He's the one that I talk about so much. I spent the summer with him. I had his math vetted by Robert Grant, who was on the podcast. Check him out. Robert Grant is a freaking genius. Um, he has balloons in space. So it's what he says is pretty mind-blowing. And it's funny because sometimes people will say, oh, yeah, I checked out the David Lombear stuff. But, you know, I first thought he was, like, crazy and it was way too out there. But then after a while, I, I thought it was okay. So there must be such a high percentage of people that are just like, man, you're just you're straight bonkers. And I consider this. I have considered this. And that's why I've gotten people much smarter than me to check it out and like Robert Grant and a few other people have been like no he's serious this is very interesting so anyway David um, also thinks that we're in some sort of simulation um, but it doesn't take away from like the spiritual aspect it's it's different but it's interesting so we're definitely in it for this one um, David's background is growing up uh, spending the first 26 years of his life on the side of a mountain being taught by over 600 elders this included physics history chemistry engineering um, and I saw some of this in action when we met Clifford Mahuti, the Zuni elder who has a 20,000 year history then recently on the podcast which will be coming up soon for the Mayan Heart Festival, which I should be going down to Guatemala if I can make it happen. Um, that Mayan elder has a 20,000-year history. So why do all these indigenous people have a 20,000-year history? That's old. It's way older than anything else. So I'm I'm curious and I'm checking it out. So anyway, in this podcast, we talk about growing up uh, on the side of a mountain, or he does anyway, uh, studying vibrational tech, tech, technology, the secret to life. Um, what is heavy water, the salt, the salt mash battery, the piezoelectric effect, the resonator, which we're trying to get built, uh, the magic mirror project, simulation theory and virtual reality, uh, ghost programming, the uh, SOS that the planet sent out, that uh, his balloons, these high altitude balloons, you can check out on YouTube. It's called Project Bright Star. Um, he sent one up to 800,000 feet that is receiving a signal. And NASA apparently knows about this. Um, and we were at Disclosure Fest. We shared that with the other people. And so if any of the organizations talk about UFOs, ETs, disclosures. The Native Americans have ETs and sky people in their history. They all do. It's not just the Megamot. It's not just the Zuni. It's not just the Mayans. They all do. Um, the difference is David is using these scrolls to build technology to get the signal. And you can look it up and find it. It's extraordinary. So I've been curious and I'll keep letting you know <laughs> as I go down that rabbit hole. So anyway, um, this is an amazing episode. I'm going to break it up into two parts. If you want to support the uh, podcast, just support David. That's the best thing that you can do. Um, leaving a review on iTunes, it really helps. Sharing this podcast helps. 
thank you to all my patrons. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair, throw a buck in the bucket or something, that super, super helps. Um, but the best thing you can do is one act of kindness or take the kindness challenge. Let's work as a unit to make kindness go viral. That seems to make sense. And that's the impact that, you know, if anything, the podcast has. And this is all just craziness or it's helpful or it's not helpful. But if we can actually do three kind acts, we're doing something in our communities. And that actually is um, learning when we take action. So, you know, please take the kindness challenge if you like the podcast. It's three kind acts a day for a week. Worst case scenario, you're just going to be a good human for a week. Um, thank you so much for Reese who just set, hit me up and put hashtag kindness challenge. Um, if you want, you can tag some friends in it and uh, see if they'll take you up as well. And then write me about the experience because people who are taking it up are having really beautiful, pr- profound experiences and get what I call universal winks. Um, the weird thing's going to happen. Be like, yeah, there you go. There's your spiritual master. You don't need to read a book, although you can. You don't need to listen to a podcast, although you can because it's good mental nutrients. It's action. That's what you need. Uh, that way you, we know, or you know, you know it. You take action. Um, okay, so for this podcast too, uh, sh- sh- shout out to David Lone Bear Center Pass. Check out Lone Bear's Arts. Um, some of the technologies on these scrolls, I've been trying to get him funding and help him build. I've been to the Biodome in North Carolina. It's pretty intense and amazing. Uh, we need help with the funding. We, he's done it all in poverty. He sent balloons into space in poverty. He just kind of gets one thing at a time. He builds everything from scratch. Uh, it's pretty bonkers. And uh, like I said, I've watched him talk math with Robert Grant. That was super in- intense. I watched him talk history, ETs, and all kinds of stuff with Clifford Mahuti, the Zuni elder. It's, it was way deeper than anything you've ever seen on Gaia TV. I can assure you that those guys are something else. Um, and basically what he was told is that I'm here to share this technology and information for the first time with, to the non-natives. And the technology needs to go into peaceful community. Nobody can own a community in resonance. And that's where they come from. They're just in resonance. Nobody tries to own it, sell it, modify it, um, and lord it over people essentially. So please check out his stuff. If you're curious, let me know. I have a document file I can send you. But we are looking to get this biodome built. We'd like to get one of these resonators built because once it's built, then you can see, holy crap, this thing works. Um, and then we try to get them out for everybody. So that's the long story short. Um, we're going to get into this. It's going to be in two parts. So before we do, uh, let's come to a, a space of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing, taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking in another deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath. Just let out slowly with all the cares and all the worries, feeling totally confident, peaceful, at ease, valuable, worthy, and loved. Taking one more deep breath in through the nose. Holding that breath and just see yourself go about today feeling at peace, ease, confident, connected. See yourself move about the next weeks and months and years of your life in a passionate direction, feeling uh, supported by spirit, by life, knowing that you can and do create your reality. All right, here we go. Let's get into this incredible episode, part one, with Native American elder David Lone Bear Senapas. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a mathematician, scientist, and a Native American elder of the Mi'kmaq people. He spent the first 26 years of his life on the side of a mountain being taught history, physics, chemistry, engineering by over 600 elders from around the world to become a living archivist of the star teachings. Welcome back to the show, my friend, David Lombear Senapas. Hello, Matt. How have you been doing? It's good to see you again. And we haven't been um, on the air for a little bit, so but I'll get into that a little bit more. So yeah, it's good. Good to, good to see you. 
Good to see you too. I told you I had to uh, fancy up the beginning a little bit because, um, you know, you, you talk about being a basket maker. You're very humble, um, but you're also a spiritual scientist and a mathematician. And when I ask you questions, <laughs> you, you write down mathematical formulas. It doesn't make any sense for what I'm asking you. It's a very peculiar way of operating. Um, and so um, I think that when, when a lot of people will think about Native Americans, they think like of the land and all those natural things, but you were also taught chemistry, science, engineering, um, physics, all this stuff. So um, I don't know where we're going to start today. We're going to talk a little bit about you're going to be speaking at the Parliament of World Religions. So I think that that's important to, to speak about and maybe some of the, the Native American philosophy on um, spirituality and religion, like some of your views. Maybe we can start there and then we can go into some of the technologies because you've sent balloons into outer space that are monitoring a signal, um, you know, the Project Bright Star. And um, so some of the things like that, and you're working on a, a few vibrational devices that create harmony, create a little reverse magnetic field, something like that. You're going to explain that a lot better. So I'll let you talk about any of that. Great. Um, where do you start? That's a, quite an introduction <laughs> and quite a lot to put into a words. Um, that mountain was pretty busy most of the time, but most of the time I was on that mountain, I was alone. Um, well, alone in, in the state of that there was no humans there. But how do you begin? Uh, it's, it sounds fascinating. It sounds, you know, I want to meet me. <laughs> it's like, wow. Um, I think a good way to start is that uh, um, uh, my upbringing, I guess. My upbringing, you, some people heard the story before. Um, to me, it was a normal upbringing. To me, my, my mom and father done it right. Um, uh, we grew up traditionally, so that we, I honored my mother and father and my grandparents, and and I worked and and uh, been part of the family. I, I said I'm a basket maker, and my mom and dad said that in this world, if you are going out in this world, that you need a skill. You know, at that time I had uh, blacksmithing skills and uh, machineries and stuff like that, but basket making is a very old art well i'm sorry it's a way that we make a living and i couldn't tell my mom and dad uh, money doesn't grow on trees because to us it did because that's how we made our living we made our living uh, through christmas uh, school clothes you know stuff that i need so that was my main income at the time but i'd done a lot of other things you know i, I worked uh, built snowshoes uh, built knives I, I was the toolsmiths of the uh, most of the basket makers in the area that I made their tools and that, that was a little bit of income there um, I worked in a potato house uh, for many of years if you don't know what that is uh, I'm sure you can find it online it's not the glamorous job in the world so and I worked with the potato harvest and all that and blueberrying uh, worked in the woods uh, and uh, worked as a Mr. Fix-It uh, in the local areas. I built porches and decks and and uh, fixed windows and painted and was just a handyman. So I did all that too. But growing up, uh, looking at this world and um, trying to find out what this world is about, uh, somebody asked me the other day, how did you get into research into high atmosphere magnetic disturbance? 
So this kind of goes along with uh, what I did uh, spiritually. You know, I know that I, I talk all over the place now about uh, Native American uh, archivists, about the history and where we come from, and, and you know, not what you find online either. I do a lot of research with families on who they are and where they came from, and trying to put all this research together so it has some sort of meaning. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I get now is that people go on online and says, I have a little bit of Indian in me. I said that you should be proud of that. That's, that's very good. And they go on some ancestry.com and, um, and, I, and I get this quite a lot. I'm not sure how to respond to that. Um, it's like having a little bit of Irish in me. Should I dance, you know, or should I, what should I do? But it's, I, I get this question quite a lot and people are pr proud of that. And you should be. But now, in, in this day and age, that you know, this machine that I'm talking on, you can do a lot of research and find a lot of uh, things, a lot of crap. And I guess it's depending on what you believe in, what you want to do. And growing up, uh, my father says, be proud who you are, but not who you're not. That's the hard part of, of being in this world. Uh, I have a lot of people that want me to give them an Indian name. And what an Indian name to me is, my name is David. That's a native name to me. My father's name is Joseph. My mother's name is Mary. My sisters and things like that, we, we don't, you know, it's, I, I know it's, it's great to have a name, but Mother Earth also gave you a name too, is of the earth. Um, so growing up, I, I heard this quite a lot. Um, we didn't have um, TV or, or even radio, but I, I see that when people well, say that want their native name. If your mother gave you a name, you should stick with that. You know, the, the creator hears all names, and it doesn't, it doesn't make you any holier. It doesn't make you any more spiritual. Um, but it's your, your acts that you do that will make, help you to be spiritual and find that road. But being on that mountain... The seclusion, and it's still, uh, that mountain's still there. Uh, you know, I was, we was up there uh, a couple months ago. There's still no people there. Uh, it hasn't changed very much. I remember uh, when I went to high school, uh, my English is not very, still not very good. And of course, people made fun of me in high school because I was different. And I stood my ground. That means I, I didn't back up. And... I remember going home to my father and he says, well, the world stays the same most of the time. He says that uh, there's problems and situations. I go, there's problems, situations, what do you mean by that? He says, when you have a problem, and he says, your, your problem is that you're gonna die or something you did. You look back at your life and you see what kindness and compassion and happiness that you spread. He says, that will make a path. And he says, if you see you've done right, then you can pass on. But if you didn't do that right, then you have a problem. Uh, eventually, you're going to have to explain yourself. And that's when I say explain yourself, it's like people talk about suffering quite a lot. And I get this question a lot. Why do we have suffering? It's so we don't bump into walls. Uh, so uh, we can have an understanding of this earth, that we are part of the stars. Uh, we're living spiritual human beings. We ask for feeling. 
that feeling that we have now, there's a price for that. It could be a real nice feeling. Uh, you could be in the day of this day. Uh, it could be sun shining and skipping through the flowers. And there's no pain that day. But everybody on this earth feels pain. Pain is not suffering. It's an understanding who we are and what we are and what we came here for. We came here to experience. Uh, how are you going to experience when you're numb? That when you touch the fire, uh, that's hot, but the, also fire gives you warmth. Cold, if you're really cold, cold will freeze you. But sometimes on a hot day, cool is good. So that's good. That's part of the suffering part when we hear. Death and destruction, we bring that upon ourselves. Spirit don't bring that upon us. The creator don't bring that upon us. That's our doing. So part of the, the suffering here, you can suffer. I know there's people that I talk to that are in chronic pain all the time, but they're not all the time. There's times that they're in that peace. But we create this. We are the creators of our own destinies. I've read that uh, several times. What do we do, you know? Coming off the mountain and I'm supposedly sat with elders and listen, but I'm just like anybody else. I have a hard time listening. You know, you could have the greatest elder or teacher there. I'm only going to pay attention 10% of the time. Then I want to go do something else. We like that right now in this world. We're looking for the masters and teachers and elders and everything else. We, if they told us what to do, we wouldn't do it. And uh, people uh, come up to me and say, I want to study under you. He says, I, I would do whatever you tell me to do. I said, great. I sweep the back porch, uh, clean the front porch, chop wood, um, and let's go do something, you know, work. I said, no, I want to know wisdom. How the heck did I do it? I did that. I, I chopped wood. I swept floors. I, I did all that stuff. I waited. I wasn't always patient, but I waited. But most people don't do that. I know that several years ago, this guy wanted to study with me in martial arts. He says, I'll do anything, master. And he did all the hoopla or whatever that is. I said, great, stand there. And he stood there for two hours. And oh, this is all when he left. You know, how bad do you want to learn? How, how do, bad do you want to learn about life? You know, maybe it's part of that suffering we, we talk about. It's like, I remember being cold in the woods. I mean, remember being wet. I remember being hot. I remember being hungry. You know, that's all part of that balance in, in life. If we don't have that balance and have an understanding of that, you know, we're going to ask questions galore and keep asking, what is life? What is this? What is that? Go find out. You know, you find those lights in the sky. Go, you know, you can theorize about them. Go find out what they are. You know, next time you see him, go, go see what it is. If we don't go see what it is, then theory comes upon us. When theory comes upon us, we're going to, um, our brain's going to uh, put that lights, how them lights are UFOs. Those lights just could be helicopters or something else. If we don't know, if we don't see it, we don't touch, we don't feel, we're not going to know. And I do a lot of the research with the high altitude balloons, and I, and I see a lot of stuff. You know, I'm not saying they're aliens or anything like that, but some of them explain. That's why I do what I do. It's like, why do I send balloons up? Well, 
scientists have something to do with it, but I'm curious, what the heck is up there? I mean, what's this signal coming and what's this? You know, I could apply for grants and all that and hopefully get funded, but if, you, if you're applying for grants, you're only gonna get a little piece of the information because that grant has a stipulation what that research is. You know, may, um, there may not be the uh, objects you're looking for, it may be something else. Then you have to wait for another grant, but I couldn't do that. Um, I'm an engineer, so I know how to put things together. I work with electronics. I can take a computer apart and put it back together, make a computer from a computer, and make it work so I can get information. And that's not because I'm clever. It's because I need to be able to do that, and I need that information now, not uh, six months from now waiting for the grant. Um, and that's what I'm doing now. I've been, uh, you haven't seen me online or heard from me for uh, a couple of months. Um, I've been doing research on um, vibrational uh, machines and I've been uh, in, had a chance to work in my laboratory a little bit on different things. Um, my time is limited in, in the shop because I'm on the road quite a lot, but, <laughs> but I've been actually doing work the last couple of weeks. And uh, with uh, your help and the, the people out there, that uh, are sending little here and there, it works. That means I'm back to work. I, I can actually purchase wire. I can do all the different things that I'm, I'm looking for. So I am actually doing something. And um, slow slow uh, work because I'm only one, but it, something's being done. Getting back to the, the mountain. I, I find that that sounds good, um, being on a mountain, but I lost a lot of time out there um, because the secret of life to me is sharing, is being able to share what I know, uh, some of the laughter maybe, or some of the uh, being in, being together, uh, meeting people like you, and being able to take this information and doing something with it. Um, but it takes a lot if, uh, to do something with the information. If, if we have the cure for cancer today, how fast can we get it out there in, in, into the public? If we do it, the way that the government says it will take 10 years before one person gets that uh, cure because it has to be researched, it has to be uh, verified by different people. So it, it takes a lot. Uh, so if any of the machinery that I make or any of the technology, I can send a schematics right now and you can build it, but what does it do? You know, If you don't know the technical thing, uh, some of the, um, the vibrational uh, machines I have here, I figured out I burnt my microwave out in electronics. I couldn't, it wouldn't work because, of course, that frequency is the same as that frequency. It wasn't a bad signal, but it just fried the electronics. So I'm working on things like that. Um, working on putting the balloon together, uh, putting resonators together, and um, getting some of this uh, written down so you know what I'm doing. And that, that, should, that should be out there. Uh, in the next month or so, some of the um, uh, videos that we'll be doing on the technology. I'm working on a, a mirror right now, so I've been fiercely working on the small, uh, making it big to small. So that's a lot of microscope work. That's what I've been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always, it's always fascinating to talk to you. And, and, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to spend the summer in Maine and hang out quite a bit. And I've referred to you to my friends and other people in different ways. Um, one of them is Mr. Miyagi. So <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, you know, he wants the secrets of martial arts and he makes him uh, wax his car. 
but then, you know, at the end of it, he knows how to, you know, how to do defense or whatever. But, you know, that's what I kind of found with you is like, sometimes I'm sitting there and I want the answers to the universe and you're just making me wait. But then over time, slowly when I piece back the whole summer, all of the lessons kind of come back in. And it's not like, I think culturally the Westerners, we want it now. We want it fast. We want it now. We don't want to work for it. Um, just tell me the answer. I'm going to go do it. And you probably won't even do it. Even if you got the answer, you know, this is a secret life, go do it. So, um, so that's part of it. Um, but also the science and the technologies I find interesting. Um, when I first visited there, you had just built the first mirror. We just called it like the magic mirror which is a vibrational technology. Um, and so maybe you can speak a little bit about that because a lot of people out there working on vibrational technologies, quote unquote, uh, PEMF to block the waves that are coming in, the negative waves. Um, the biodome has a little bit to do with that. Some of the, you know, the waves that we're getting hit with. Maybe you can talk about the magic mirror, vibrational technologies, or, or any of that. Sure. Um, I've been working on uh, the vibrational uh, technology for about 43 years, maybe. Uh, when I first started working with it, um, I guess the, the internet wasn't totally invented, but um, we talked about windmills. Uh, I had a windmill up, I made my own windmill, and we generated power from that. So that only works if the wind is blowing about five miles an hour, four miles an hour, and it depends on your fan blades and uh, how much they can uh, uh, get, uh, push the wind. And you limit it because the wind blows in different frequencies. It's fast, it's slow. Uh, sometimes there's no wind for a couple of days. So you have to have some sort of power source to, to store or to be able to uh, take uh, when the wind's not blowing and bore energy from it, like a battery or something. I first started working on the vibrational, uh, they call it a salt mash battery. And what it is, it's um, salt water and um, uh, heavy water. Um, when I say heavy water, you do, do research what heavy water is. Um, and being able to store uh, enough, enough electricity into one of these batteries. So you can at least uh, can work for two or three days before you need to recharge it. Only thing about recharging batteries, you need more power than you do uh, actually the battery produces. So I work uh, a lot with um, a piezoelectric effect. That piezoelectric effect is when a, a crystal is compressed, electrical charge comes from that um, um, compression. So this is not free energy. There's something has to happen, and the energy that gets out of it, um, a battery it could be like 63% efficient, a brand new battery you get from a car. They say it's 90, but you, as soon as you put amperage through it, it drops immediately. So you need something that can handle that amperage. Uh, what I work with is the salt mass batteries that I can put 28 volts into one of these batteries. Um, but I needed to run something else. So um, the, we, we, we call it a resonator. A resonator is a, a device, uh, the one we worked with, is eight feet tall, and it has 62 individual strings to it. And those strings are piano strings. Uh, they're um, 
um, F-A-C-E is for the four of those strings on the resonator. So that's a frequency. That's if you know music, that's a tuning frequency. Uh, so these strings are connected to each side of these are connected to a piezoelectric uh, wafer, and there's the wafer is um, it's made up as composite of uh, plastic, of course, and uh, crystal and a little bit of um, 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 aluminum crystal. So what that is, it makes a compression. So when the wind blows, and that's the tune at a certain frequency, that will vibrate a certain note. And it's, it's an audible sound. And when it vibrates, in each end of those crystals, this one string, the, the, they will do nine volts. So there's nine volts from the bottom, nine volts on the bottom. And, and that's a negative, positive reverberation. That means that when it vibrates, it has negative and positive. Of course, you have the ground. And you feed those together, and you have 62 of these right around in one um, circle. And these are uh, uh, together to aluminum plate. The aluminum plate um, is separated uh, eight and six tenth inches from each other. And they're tuned. Uh, looks like a p uh, the way I tune them is with a piano tuner. It's a, I forgot what they call it, but it, it hooks on, and you, you turn the thing, and you get it tuning. And, and I use a, a tuning fork to tune them. So, that produces um, in a gentle wind, uh, uh, not even a brisk in your face. Uh, I think the, I measured it at 64 volts uh, in a matter of minute. So that's even if you don't hear it, but if you go right up to it, it sounds like the universe when it's vibrating. So it's awesome. And, and that right now that I'm working on one of those, putting one of those up. Uh, but that only produces electricity. You're going to need some sort of to make that into some sort of a resonant vibration. So in the middle of that, there's a, um, a crystal. It's a quartz crystal. That quartz crystal is embedded into a, um, a granite, layered granite. And that layered granite has um, uh, 92 little posts around it. And what those posts are, they connect to the granite, like the earth. So when that crystal starts to vibrate, it vibrates a big crystal. So it amplifies the vibration from those strings, the voltage that goes in. And around that um, gold itself, there's a filament of gold. Uh, it's probably uh, 32 feet of gold strung, strung right around that. And that picks up that vibration, amplifies the vibration. The aluminum itself that around it, that's what gives the resonance. And if you near this thing, it depends on what it's vibrating to. Uh, um, you don't want to stay too near, but it will bring that vibration. And uh, you can tune it to your body and be in resonance with this vibration. And I can, uh, you've been at the Biodome uh, with one of these other resonators. Uh, I remember I had one at my mother's house and people used to, this was a little small one, people used to come by and uh, pray to it. <laughs> It's like, my mom says, what are they doing out in the garden? I said, I think they're praying to the resonator. <laughs> so uh, we have people out there that drop money, and, and they, people come by every year to drop donations and tobacco and everything else. So it was just a machine, but it gives off um, that vibration. It uh, gives you, um, I don't want to even call it a good feeling. It, it makes you in sync with the earth. That's the only way I can explain it. And you can tune this vibration to that or... 
to other things out there. It's an immeasurable vibration. The person that you had on the other night um, that he talked about the vibration around the human body, 55 feet, uh, the, what we detected is 63 feet around us, that, that uh, aura that goes around us. Um, most that resonator was at least a little more than a quarter mile. And what we used it for um, way back when is to grow our vegetables, uh, grow cucumbers, uh, tomatoes, and the tomatoes were big as softballs. Well, and they were good, and they weren't watery. They were, they were fresh, and, and they, they had some density to it. So it's just increasing that vibration so the plants can grow. Where we lived was a short growing period. We had double, three months to grow. So we needed to grow it kind of fast. So, and it worked through the winter. Uh, it protected our house, um, and it had other features to it too. Maybe I can get into that a little bit more. It's uh, it's a it's not a um, theory. Uh, the, these machines have been around, uh, I would say, Egyptian times to Atlantis to all those things. That's how we uh, powered our house for a little while. So, thirty three. 37 years, but that's to me that's a little while. So some of that machinery, like the mirror itself, uh, including the jewelry, uh, the jewelry is micro, it's really micro, so it, it takes a lot to make one of those things. It's just not something lines put together, uh, uh, reacts off the vibration, uh, the salt from the, the body itself makes negative and positive currents. So the jewelry is, is proven. Um, I was just thinking that uh, you asked me how I can uh, measure that from a person. I'm still working on that uh, right now that I'm, uh, I've been working for the last uh, two or three weeks just in my laboratory trying to get some stuff done. So um, I have to think uh, in the next, uh, my, maybe this winter we can have a demonstration of the jury, an actual um, outside source uh, testing it. And I think that would be really good. And I think I know two or three people that would do that for me. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're working on here. So well, it sounds, it sounds amazing. And I think that everybody's going to want one. I definitely want one. Um, and I know that there needs to be a little bit of work to be done. Um, and you're also working on this mirror and you I, we put up a little video on, um, on YouTube before you explaining a little bit about the mirror. Um, and now you're, you're basically refining it. Um, and as I understand it in a, in a, let's say layman's terms, there's a lot out there and I've been looking at a lot of the technology, some of them like um, you know, the PEMF um, takes, takes a signal from the phone and it makes it less harmful. You've got organite. People are going nuts about organite where it, it you know, ionize the field, salt lamps, all this kind of stuff. So people are in it. A lot of the stuff I bring to you, I remember when I first came, I had my duffel bag of probably like 20 different things. I was like, show you this. And you're like, well, what I was taught, I can't measure it. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying I can't measure it. And then you showed me the mirror and then you put that little electronic device on it and it went to the max, like 50 volts of energy or however the heck that thing's measured. And you can see it on YouTube. I'll link it up. Um, so what does that mirror do and how does it work? What, what can you share? So you're trying to make it so that these are a little bit more accessible to people. Yeah. Um, it's a, it is a device. It's not a spiritual device. It is a device that kind of teaches us uh, to be able to work with our field. Uh, because most of us uh, kind of uh, get into it and say, oh, I feel something. You know, you ever go to a site and you feel something? Oh, I feel some sort of magnetic disturbance. You know, you are feeling something uh, because we are 
international travelers. So that means that we have an iron particle in our brain. And we found it, where, where it is. It's almost by the gland in, in the middle between the eyes. It tells us north, south, and, and we detect vibration, magnetic vibration. This, this will amplify that magnetic vibration that uh, it's not just a, a think feeling. Well, I think you will feel it. You will feel something. You will feel warm. Uh, you'll feel giddy. I know that um, <laughs> we had a, a, a get-together here one night. The mirror was on. And, oh, my goodness, I've never seen people have so much fun and all that. I think you were there that night, too, weren't you? Yeah, and, and, we, and we, just, we just kind of get into community and that vibration, you know. And nobody wouldn't leave, but it had to push everybody out, you know. And it's because that we're in sync with the vibration. With, we're, we're synced together. I think that out there that there's a lot of claims, and I see it online and things like that. And then, like I said, it's possible. Everything is possible, and but it's uh, this here is uh, electronically possible uh, that I can measure it. I can measure um, uh, for some strange reason we have a multiplier of mice. We have more mice than we ever had before. Mice are enjoying the mirror, and my my dog lays in front of it. Um, I, I have it in my living room. Um, it clears my brain so I can work. Um, I'm a, for some strange reason I'm usually not the most happiest person in the world. But the last three weeks, I've been uh, coming up with whole kinds of stuff. Because I have to miniaturize things right down to the micro level. Um, and I've been working relentless two or three hours of just one little device, just two or three hours, just my mind right focused to it. And I think that has something to do with the mirror. Um, and just um, straightening my attitude around, and just getting my attitude so I'm not so negative in the world. I want world peace just like everybody else, but um, most people are not working towards that way. So I think this mirror might help in that area. Um, and it's a good conversation device too. It's like, it does something. Um, I remember looking at it one time and it was just vibrating. It just, and I didn't know what it was vibrating from, but it was good. It's all good. I think uh, integrating the parts, um, some of the, uh, this one here is very powerful. Uh, but um, I'm probably toning it down probably 15% uh, what it is, only because you don't need all that uh, energy out there. And this one is very strong. So, and I'm having fun with it too. I don't usually have fun with my technology. So is this the same as the biodome where it cr creates a reverse magnetic field or is it a different? Inver inverse magnetic field. Inverse. Yeah, uh, yes and no. It does the same effect if you want to. Uh, right now that I'm making control panel for the biodome, there's uh, hopefully that we have a, um, a person that's gonna be able to run that. Because it, it does make a field, but we can be able to, with the, with the uh, control panel, uh, we're gonna be able to control them fields uh, to you know, 100 miles to Maybe a thousand miles. Yeah. So, and uh, I guess it depends on what we want to do with it. If we want to meditate there, that'd be great. If we want to sing there, that'd be great. If we just want to gather there as a gathering spot, uh, we'd be at least protected in that vibration. So, I know um, I don't believe in negative energy. I don't need um, uh, people, there's negative energy. I think there's energies out there that we don't understand. So, we, we list them as negative. Um, the, the, the human body, uh, when it's anger, um, it, we don't like anger. We don't like to see people upset. We don't like seeing people sick. 
you know, th you know we uh, detect that when we say, oh, that's negative energy. Now, that's the way that we function in, in this time period, how we get along, how we uh, perceive things, you know. So it's, it's like saying positive or negative. Okay, negative is bad, you know. No, negative is bad. It's, negative is just a direction. It's a, it's a magnetic direction. Positive is a magnetic direction. It goes this way, it goes this way. Or it's AC, alternating current. But uh, DC is direct current. So it's like that. It's like it, it's, it's there. But uh, I think in our perception of language, um, we talked about the masters. Uh, we, we talked about uh, the ancient masters. And what, what are we looking for? You know, are we looking to explain what suffering is, is to explain what negative is? Uh, how do we be positive every day? How do we be happy every day? If you can figure that out, please tell me because I haven't figured that one out yet. So. Oh man, well, you said a lot there and, and there's a lot that I want to ask you because I just had Tom Campbell on, who's the one of the leading physicists on simulation theory. And one of the things that you told me one time was that uh, you have two spirit guides, positive and a negative, that are not to be mistaken with good or bad because you, your body's the ground in the simulation. Um, yes. So... Um, Tom Campbell is basically saying that the physics is all pointing to you're in a virtual reality. It's just like the, the traditional physics and they're like, they have to basically own up to what's happening is like this, the, the tests are showing that you're in a non-material world. Then he says consciousness is creating reality. And he also says that the point is so we can evolve and experience consciousness. Um, and he used the word programmer. And sometimes I've asked you, I was like, you know, what is the, what is the Native American version of God? And you say, well, God, programmer, creator. Um, so maybe you can elaborate on, on that a little bit. Yeah. I guess um, I enjoy going to the movies quite a lot. Um, and when we go to the movies, uh, we make a date to go to the movies. Uh, we have to stand in line with all those people for popcorn and all the and your soda and you smell the popcorn. It's all nice. And, you know, when you think of movies here, you think of that. It's like, great. But you have, when I went to the movies, we only had one movie to choose from. And uh, that means it's going to be playing for two weeks and you want to go see it several times, great. Uh, when you go into the movies you, you, and uh, go find your seat, of course, you have a favorite seat where you want to sit. And you sit with your popcorn, soda, and stuff like that. But you get into the movie. Um, and you're looking at an image, and your mind takes that image and makes it in three dimensions, no matter if it's a flat surface now. You know, what is the last movie you went to see? You know, but that movie that you went to see, right to the precise second, uh, somebody's gonna jump off a cliff in, in that movie. Uh, somebody's gonna get shot, a car race, or something's gonna happen. But you go to the movies again, it's going to happen the same second, the same time. But we enjoy that, don't we? We go, oh, that movie's great. I'm going to go back and see it. Most people don't know, can't even write the movie. I said, what, write down what you've seen. And they can only do 10% of the movie. Where does everything else go? And as a mathematician and a programmer, I'm a, I, I program computers. I, what I, I program my computers to be able to um, read binary, machine language, COBOL, uh, them all machine stuff, and be able to uh, use those in such a way that it turns on a camera, it turns on a, 
a sensor, it turns on the device, so, so it gathers device, it, send, it sends a signal to a FM transmitter to transmit information back to me. So that's all written in the program. And when you write a program, it's a pretty long program. And you just can't go on a mouse and just keep clicking. You have to actually get on a keyboard and write what those programs are, those numbers, those letters, when, when, when to come in. Even what we're looking here, we don't see the program A, B, C in a binary language. We, we see it in one, one simulation, what our eyes understand. We don't understand what the program so when you, to make a letter on a screen, A, it takes almost 3,000 bits of information just to make an A, one second, tens of a second. So you need whole kinds of A's, whole kinds of B's, then you need the picture, color, and it's, honestly, it's pretty simple. The program is simple. Uh, you can, right now that you're, you, uh, to look at me, you broke up into numbers. So there's a machine in your computer going off and on like a bulb, off and on, off and on, off and on. And we have a processor that understands that. It changes that into a certain language and it changes four different languages right off. And, it, and then it has to send it. Then you have another programmer to do that, another programmer to do that, another programmer to do that. But they all gotta be in, uh, talking the same language. When they talk the same language, we can get a lot done. We can start doing um, uh, calculations. But even calculations are figured out on your computer. Your computer is not figuring out the calculations. People think, oh, the computer's figuring There's a programmer figuring out your calculation. Somebody that uh, 10 years ago figured out that calculation so you can write two equals MC squared. And then when you have that, it's like, okay, you think you have some control, so you get on the computer and you're writing all these different formulas. And I find this uh, when I'm writing formulas is like, Am I writing what everybody else is writing out there? And most likely I am. So if the program is smarter than I am or more advanced than I am, he's anticipating my keystroke and Facebook does it all the different things, anticipate your keystroke. That's why when you get on YouTube, they're gonna give you a hundred different videos what you think you want, uh, what you think you know. Uh, you get on your phone, it's gonna uh, pre-program pre your phone to spell a word for you. How come you can't spell that? Why does it, the programmer need to tell me how to spell my words? Because some of us is spiritually literate in illusion, I guess. And when I'm writing program, I'm looking at the program, so this is somebody else's program. This is somebody else that out there in the world of machinery invented this. Do you realize there's a ghost program in every program that you write? What that ghost program is, is programming left over, I would consider from the Big Bang or the, when we started giving online and thinking that we we're intelligent. I, I know that we haven't reached intelligence yet, spiritual intelligence, because we're still believing what, uh, the rhetoric of the world. So that programmer, that whoever that's out there knows all this. You know, if you go on, on uh, the game, you know, you look like you're in simulation. You have these glasses that you put on you in 3D and you get into it. I, uh, I think last year we was over a friend's place and they put the glasses on and was, I was a ninja in 3D. You know, the, for some strange reason, uh, they throw pumpkins at ninjas and you have to cut them in two. <laughs> but it's fun. 
Um, but it wasn't believable to me. Um, I get the 3D, but I knew that there's a programmer that wrote, wrote that. But we're not doing that here, not, not in this room, not where you are. We're thinking, oh, this is real. But where's the movie theater? Where is the hologram projectors? And how is that, you know, you talked about the mind, but that throws us off. They want to throw us off. We were projecting a hologram. I don't think so. I, I think that uh, the, the hologram's already here and we're led to think we're projecting holograms to, to throw us off. So over the period of years, I, I knew this 40 some odd years ago, what I'm talking about now. We've, I've talked to a lot of the elders and a lot of the scientists of that era. And one of them said, no matter what you do, if you go to the bathroom, if you open a door, if you do something, you're in that program. And just like um, the games that you play, those programmers, and that you don't see them trying to get into that program because it's all fed to them, all the numbers and everything that's fed to them. And it's great to, to find the bunny rabbit in the hole and comes out and you get all these points. That's a feel good thing. So. How do you get at it? There's ways. First is that the conscious self has a program itself. And I think that, um, I'm gonna just give an estimate, 4 billion, 4 billion 506.9. Um, that's when this program started. Uh, I looked at as much as I can with the data that they allowed me to see. And I'm saying allowed, um, we are here to progress to another vibration. More points. That means ding, 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 <laughs> like a Donkey Kong, you get all these coins. And boing, 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 all these coins come out. You know, it's kind of like that. It's like, yes, I, I, I believe in the creator, I believe in the programmer, I believe in some sort of higher intelligence. But we're kind of on the right, wrong track. We're not gonna we're not gonna figure out that program yet. Um, I know that I've done some things with uh, the resonators. If the resonators are technology, the, the, the they're um, simulated too. They're, they're illusion. They're thing. So in our time, they work. But in the illusion time, they're not working because they're not gonna get us to the next threshold. Or, or next time you go to a movie theater, figure out where the speakers are. You know, you see some speakers up on the wall. That's, that's, some, that's some of the speakers, but that's not all the speakers. If you look back at the screen, you see the, these immense speakers. You're like, holy frick, I never knew that. The speaker, the sound comes through the picture. Um, and now it's laser technology. You're looking at a laser projector in, in, the, in the movies. And you find, it like, but you don't see all this. You're not looking behind the mirror. You're not looking for the actors, you know. Uh, all these other things that's going on, you're looking at what the picture is projecting and your feelings and everything that you are putting out there. You, you say, oh, that's really great. That was a good movie. Yeah, let's go back and see it. It'd be right the same thing every precise time. Unless the projector breaks or something. Or somebody sitting in front of you that has a hat on so you can't see. So, yes, I do believe that we are in assimilation. I, I, I do believe that we're fed information to keep us off uh, seeing the edges of the screen uh, or where the speakers are. Uh, if the program is that great, he's gonna anticipate that. 
our mind, our conscious, the next subconscious. Um, we have a subconscious mind, but there's a next subconscious to that, the, that program. But we're not even touching it. And we're not even going near it. And what do we call it? Higher consciousness. And that higher consciousness is like, okay, what, tell me what the highest consciousness means. Nobody can tell you. I mean, how to meditate with everybody, to be loved with everybody. Remember, it's a program. So the program is very smart. It's smarter than us. That when we get on the right track, we're thrown off. You know, we don't. We have to stay in assimilation. But this ways out. Um, I guess sitting down with some ancient elders. All right, guys, that wraps up part one. I hope that you enjoyed it. Like I said before, I spent the entire summer with David. We just got back from Disclosure Fest in Washington. Um, those videos are on YouTube, and they're going to be coming up. Uh, he talks about the balloons in space, some of the technology, um, a little bit of the Mi'kmaq history with having contact. Uh, Clifford was there as well. Same thing, just different. They also had contact. Sky people are in their history. They talked about when technology and spirituality were one, and these are the some of the things we're, we're trying to bring forth and we could use some help and you can check on the science and the engineering all you want um one of them is the biodome in north carolina i have videos of of that up um it will create an inverse magnetic field up to 200 miles and what that does essentially is uh, david's like it's like you've meditated for a hundred years you basic it's going to take out all the signals that are putting you into a fuzz and just put you into a clear bubble so you can think clearly that's how he phrases it the resonator apparently a four foot one will do your house uh, as far as energy, he says all the time it's not free energy because you need to build it. Um, and so we have one partially built. Um, we need a, a couple resources to get the the equipment we need um, and just the time. That's the problem. When we were in Toronto and we are in uh, Washington, you know, we're just scraping by, just getting the plane tickets and the bus and, and the hotels and everything so he can speak and share this message as was requested by his elders. Um, but what he needs is a little bit of time and a little bit of resources so he can sit down and build this um, and then a resonant community. So if it's curious, if it's not hurting your brain too much and it is the realm of possibility, feel free to check it out and vet it yourself. Like I said, you can look at Robert Grant, he's a genius mathematician, friend of mine, vetted his math. Um, they that conversation was purely it was bonkers. I was like, holy crap, like you guys are something else. Then the Zuni elders, same thing, same history, same uh, you know, like Gaia TV times a million, but they're like, yeah, that on Gaia TV, like, no, 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 no. Okay, they kind of knew what they were talking about there. They knew a little bit what they're talking about there, but messed it up like this. And uh, super, super bonkers stuff. So um, if you're if you're a little bit curious, send me a note. He does need help. I've been helping him for a year, and that's kind of what I've been using the podcast for um, because, you know, I'm looking for people who can change the world. That's what the podcast is all about. Who's out there trying to make a difference? And right now, he's my number one draft pick. Truly incredible. So check it out. Um, and we could use some support. If you want to support me, just support him. That's the best way. Uh, so that's it. I'll stop yammering. Um, there's lots of videos of him on YouTube. I also have some documents and schematics and stuff that you can reach out. A couple engineers have asked about them. I'm allowed to send some of it. So I sent them the schematics. Um, and then the engineers who look deeply into it, uh, they're now helping a little bit too because it's fascinating and it's also very very different because he doesn't come from the western world uh he has to follow the protocol of his elders it can't be 
owned by one person. Um, so there's some other things there, but it's fascinating stuff. So anyway, I can't say enough good things and uh, just going down the rabbit hole as I do. That's kind of what this podcast and my life is about is just trying to seek truth and, and make the planet a better place and just neander around and do my best at that because it is confusing and challenging and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I hope that you're having a great day. I so appreciate your attention and your time. All of my love and appreciation. Before we close this out, uh, let's just come to a powerful state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing and taking a deep breath in through the nose. Hold that breath and just imagine beautiful golden platinum universal light coming down from the universe and pulsing through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as you let that breath out slowly with any limitation, any limiting belief, any self-criticism, letting that go. Taking in another deep breath in through the nose as you see energy from the earth coming up through your feet, just connecting you with the earth and to life and just holding this breath in, making the firm commitment to treat yourself with kindness and compassion and love, to treat yourself like your number one supporter, like someone you love, just being loving and kind and just let that breath out slowly with any limitation, any limiting belief and any self-criticism, letting that go. Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath, just making that firm commitment to be kind, compassionate, recognizing that you are a cosmic divine being, that you do create and influence your reality, that you can create your dreams. It just takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And there is a whole universe of life, of source, of the planet, of the spirit world, of everywhere on your side waiting to help you, but it requires your action. Just know that you can create your reality, that you are enough, that you are worthy, that you are valuable, that you are amazing. All right. I hope you have an amazing day. Go out there and have fun with enthusiasm, with kindness, with compassion for yourself and others. And we will see you in part two.